And good morning. Welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on the uh, Anchor FM <laughs> network. Uh, we're also on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So I hope that uh, you're having a great day today and I welcome you to Sunshine USA. This is a program, of course, dedicated to the teaching of God's Word as well as the preaching of the Gospel. And uh, this week is a very special week to those of us who are Christians. Uh, it is known as Holy Week. And this is a week where we think about the last week that Jesus was upon this earth in a physical body. And we think about the things leading up to the cross and ultimately even to the empty tomb, the resurrection. Uh, and it's all a wonderful thing that we have studied uh, in the Bible about the cross and the resurrection. And, you know, uh, to me, there's nothing more historically solid than the fact that there was once a man named Jesus that lived upon this earth, as well as his life and teachings. That's all pretty well documented, not just in the Bible, but even where secular history records are concerned. It's pretty much a, dip, a, a documented fact that Jesus lived. Now, of course, we have to believe by faith that Jesus was who we claim to be, the Son of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, um, right now we're going to go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the Bible study for this particular broadcast. Now, obviously, on the program today, we want to be sure to pray for the many people that are continuing to suffer as a result of the coronavirus. We want to be sure to pray not just for those that have loved ones that have died, but loved ones that are sick in the hospital in critical condition. And, you know, one of the terrible things about this virus is if someone goes into the hospital with this virus, uh, they do not have any visits from family or friends. No visitors at all, in most cases, is allowed. And so for the patients and their families alike, uh, this can be a very distressing time. It can be a very lonely time. And we want to pray for all those affected by the coronavirus. So let's uh, go to God in a word of prayer at this time. Dear Lord, we just want to pray right now. For those that are suffering from the coronavirus, for those that have the coronavirus at home and they're simply resting and taking whatever medications the doctor tells them to take, those that are in the hospital, those that are in critical condition, and of course, Lord, we pray for the families of those who have died. Lord, we know this is a very distressing time and and. To know that a loved one is in the hospital and they have the coronavirus and you can't see them and they can't see you. This is such a lonely time for patient and family member alike. And then if they die, Lord, we know it's terrible that the funeral has to be very small scale, very private, not any big funeral at all. And so, Lord, we pray for all those that have suffered at the hands of this virus, for those who have lost their jobs, for business owners that have lost their business. Lord, we pray for these people. And Lord, we pray that you will hasten the day 
when this virus will simply go away and leave us alone. And Lord, be with me right now as I endeavor to teach your word. Lord, I pray that you will give me the words to say that somebody needs to hear. For it's all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to get out your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 23. Now, many of you that uh, listened to the last broadcast, you know that I preached from Luke chapter 23 last time. And last time we talked about the thief on the cross. And we talked about the fact that one thief was repentant and another thief was not repentant. We had one thief that said, Jesus, if you be the Son of God, get yourself down off that cross and us too. You see now the statement of the unbelieving thief indicated that indeed and in fact that thief was an unbeliever. He was unrepentant. Notice he says, if thou be the Son of God. I, I don't see a lot of confidence in that statement. I don't see any faith in that statement. But notice the other thief replies, do you not fear God? He says, wait a minute. He says, we're on this cross and rightfully so. We're on this cross for crimes that we have committed. But this man, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. And then notice that thief on the cross said, Father, <laughs> he said, Lord, Remember me. Now, you know, it's interesting. That thief on the cross was about to die. Billy Graham used to say that the thief on the cross, the repentant thief on the cross, is the only example of deathbed repentance that we have a record of anywhere in the Bible. And that's so true. Because, you know, for most people who die, they die and it catches them by surprise. I remember when I was working for a big box store. We had this one guy and he rode a motorcycle to and from work every day. And on this one particular day, he uh, put his helmet on and he put his jacket on and he got on that motorcycle and he started riding home. It was about a 30 minute motorcycle ride, I guess from where he worked to where he lived. Well, probably only about 10 or 15 minutes after he left the store, he was killed in a motorcycle accident. He died instantly. Now, I'm sure that guy, when he got up that morning, he didn't realize, hey, I am waking up to the last day I'm ever going to live on this earth. I, I don't think he had any advanced knowledge that he was going to die today. But it happened. He died that day. And, and that's the way it is with most of us. When we die, we die all of a sudden, very little fanfare, very little announcement ahead of time. But now the thief on the cross was in a situation where he knew, obviously, he was about to die. He knew that within a matter of hours, his life would be gone. His life would be over. And so notice what Jesus says to this repentant on, thief on the cross. He says, this day shalt thou be with me 
in paradise. Now you see back in the Old Testament times, and believe it or not, even in the day of Jesus, these people were still under the Old Testament law. And so when an Old Testament believer died, they went to the center of the earth And if they were a believer, they went to a place called paradise. And the other side was known as hell or Hades. But notice what Jesus says to this thief on the cross. He says, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, like I say, notice this thief on the cross, he didn't have time to join the church. He didn't have time to sign up for a new member class. He didn't have time to sign up for a life group or small member group. He didn't have time to be baptized. He didn't have time to do anything except calling upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We read in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him, that is Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. It's all about believing. Well, this repentant on the thief on the cross, guess what? He believed. He repented. And the Bible says that according to Jesus, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Someone was asking me just the other day what I thought about this coronavirus, and I said, well, I said, I'll be honest with you, it's a terrible thing, of course. And I said, the worst thing that could happen to me would be that I would die. But, you know, if I die, that's not so bad, because if I die, I'm going to heaven. And if I go to heaven, I'm going to be forevermore with the Lord. And not only that, I'm going to get to see all the great Bible characters Moses and, and Joshua. I'm going to get to see Peter, James, and John. I'm going to be reunited with all my relatives and loved ones. I'm going to be walking on streets of gold. I'm going to be moving into my heavenly mansion. Folks, I've got news for you. If I die, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Well, it's the end of the world as far as this world is concerned and as far as I'm concerned. But it's not a bad thing. But now that doesn't mean I want to die or that I have some kind of death wish or something. Because if I had my desire, it would be to keep on living. And one of the reasons that I want to keep on living is so that I have additional time that I can use to preach and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that is so important. I think that is utterly important. So the way I see it, it's a win-win situation. I either go to heaven or I get more time on this earth to continue preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I tell you, I get excited thinking about that. I mean, I just do. I get excited. Now, let's read on here in this uh, 23rd chapter of Luke. Now, by the way, Luke, back in his day, he was a physician. He was what we would call today a medical doctor. And so um, Luke knew a lot about the Bible. 
from a medical doctor perspective. <laughs> and as a Bible writer, being a doctor, he knew how to take good notes. He knew how to dig deep to get the truth. He knew how to carefully examine the scriptures. He was a man that was indeed and in fact detail-oriented. And so Luke is very detailed in the information that he gives us regarding the crucifixion. Let's read in Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 44. Now it was about the sixth hour, or twelve noon, now I say that because for the Jewish person, the day began at 6 a.m. And so 12 noon would be six hours later. So it was about the sixth hour or 12 noon. And there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. That would be until three o'clock in the afternoon. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, here we read about Jesus dying on the cross. And this, of course, is a wonderful thing because he died on that cross for your sins and mine. You know, people love to debate whether or not... Uh, it was the Jews that killed Jesus or the Roman soldiers that killed Jesus or the Roman judicial system that killed Jesus. I'll tell you what killed Jesus. It was my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world. You see, that's all why Jesus died on the cross. He didn't have to die on the cross for his own sins. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And like I say, the sins of the whole world. And he did so willingly. He did so gladly. In fact, somebody said, if you were the only person in all history that needed to be saved, he would have died on the cross for you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, let's go on. I want us to skip down to uh, chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 1. It says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared, and certain other, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? They said, He is not here, but is risen. Remember that he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified and the third day rise again. You see, Jesus here was 
gone as far as the tomb was concerned. Now, I'm convinced that this stone was rolled away not so that Jesus could get out of the tomb. It was rolled away so that you and I could see in that tomb, and what we see there is a tomb or a grave that is empty. Nobody's there. And you see, that right there is the thing that makes Christianity different from all the other religions in the world. Because you see, we don't serve a dead God. Praise the Lord, we serve a risen Christ. And, and let me tell you something, folks. Had it not been, had it not been for what Jesus did on the cross, you and I would still be in our sins, but that would have been in vain had it not been for the resurrection. You see, the cross would have been the world's greatest tragedy had it not been for the resurrection. But because of the resurrection, we can know that one day too we will rise again. One day soon, I believe Jesus is coming back to this earth in an event called the rapture. I believe it could happen any time. I don't think any other prophecies, frankly, need to be fulfilled before Jesus Christ can come back to this earth in the rapture. Now, the Bible also says that no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man cometh. So we don't know when Jesus is coming back to this earth. We have no idea. Now, the Bible, I believe, does give us some signs or clues or hints as to when Jesus is coming back, and, and that's why I believe very strongly that Jesus could come back to this earth today. It could happen today. could happen tomorrow or the next day. On the other hand, it might be several years from now. Uh, take note of the fact that Paul in his day thought that the Lord Jesus could come back in his day. Now, if Paul could think that way 2,000 years ago, you and I 2,000 years later, even more so, we can say Christ could come back at any time. Now, of course, the big thing here is not when is Christ coming back to this earth, but are we ready for his second coming? If Christ came back to this earth today in the rapture, would you be ready? If you died today, where would you spend eternity? These are questions that we need to think about. But I, I thank God for that empty tomb. Um, the pastor of the church I go to here in Greenville, South Carolina, which, by the way, is... Uh, the San Susi Church on Old Buncombe Road. Uh, he has a series of messages for Easter which is titled, This Changes Everything. This Changes Everything. Now, those of you that have a cross-reference study Bible, you know that pretty much everything Jesus said or did, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. I gave uh, an example, I think, on the last broadcast or the broadcast before last, where um, 
when it comes to the birth of Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Now the problem was Mary and Joseph during her third trimester, you know where they were living? They were living in a place called Nazareth, a small town called Nazareth. And especially in those days when you had to walk everywhere you went, Bethlehem was a good ways away. And in many ways, it would be a little bit dangerous for Mary and Joseph to make that walk on a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But there came out a decree from Caesar Augustus, and that decree required Mary and Joseph to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem in spite of the fact that she was pregnant. And so they made that long, difficult journey on the back of a donkey all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that it might be fulfilled that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem and not in Nazareth. You see, if Jesus had been born in Nazareth, you know what would have happened, don't you? All the Bible skeptics down through the years, they would say, well, you know, I tell you, those Old Testament prophets, they goofed. They said Jesus would be born in, in Bethlehem, and well, <laughs> here he is being born in Nazareth. So it was very important to God that Jesus be born in Bethlehem and not in Nazareth. So he arranged Mary and Joseph's circumstances so that they had no choice but to travel on that risky journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, which is exactly where the Bible tells us Jesus was to be born. But you see that empty tomb, and, and one of these days I hope to see that empty tomb. I, I told someone not too long ago, I said, you know, I hope sometime in my lifetime to go to the Holy Land. Now, for me, it will probably be indeed and in fact a once-in-a-lifetime trip. I mean, I know some preachers my age, they have already been to the Holy Land several times. I have yet to go to the Holy Land. But I hope that's one of the places where the Lord allows me to go between now and the time I die or he comes back, whichever comes first. And one of the sights I definitely want to see in the Holy Land is that empty tomb. Because you see, folks, that empty tomb changes everything. Everything changes because of that empty tomb. Like I say, as Christians, we don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen Lord. Somebody asked me the other day, Warren, how can you be so confident that God's still alive? And I said, because I talked to him this morning. You can't give a stronger answer than that. I talked to God this morning because guess what? He's still alive. And guess what? God is still in control. God is still in charge, even with this coronavirus thing going around. God is still in control. God is still ruling on the throne. He's still calling the shots. I think sometimes the Lord allows something like the coronavirus to happen so that you and I have the opportunity to see that he is still on the throne, that he's still God. And, and you know, I was telling someone just the other day, I said, you know, 
this stay-at-home thing that everybody's having to do now, not just here in the United States, but in other countries around the world, you know, it's not really a bad thing. Because I know in my case, it's given me plenty of time to read the Bible. I've spent a lot of time on the internet preaching the gospel and teaching the Bible. And so I have tried to make every moment count during this time of isolation in connection with the coronavirus. And frankly, the work that I'm doing right now for the Lord on the Internet, it's the thing that keeps me from going crazy, folks. Can you imagine what it's like to go 24 hours a day, every day of the week, all alone, all by yourself? You would go crazy. <laughs> and so I've had to spend a lot of time with the Lord. And you'll be surprised how much time, just in the last few weeks, that I have spent with the Lord in prayer and reading his word and preaching his word and teaching his word on the internet. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know, that I said, you know, it's kind of interesting. There's a part of me that kind of hopes that this stay-at-home thing lasts for a little bit longer. Because I feel like I need some more time, even yet, to spend deeply in study of the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? If you died this very moment, where would you spend eternity? Would you spend eternity in that terrible, awful place that the Bible calls hell? Or would you spend eternity in a wonderful, exciting place that the Bible calls heaven? You can make that choice today. Right now, I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you'll pray this prayer or a prayer similar to it, guess what? God's going to save you. He's going to give you eternal life. Dear Lord, right now I come to you in prayer. I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I admit at my very best I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. But Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of all my sins, which are many. And Lord, now that I'm saved, I pray that you will help me to live like I'm saved and you will help me to grow in the knowledge of the word of God. And thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now let me tell you something, folks. If you prayed that prayer or a prayer similar to it, I'm here to tell you on the authority of God's word, you are now a child of God. You are now a born-again Christian. And so if you prayed that prayer a while ago, I want you to contact me. My email address is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's warrenlandis, all one word, all lowercase, warrenlandis at yahoo.com. And I would be so very happy to send you some materials that are going to help you to grow as a Christian. I will help you find a church in your area because you need to go to church. You need to get involved in a local Christian church in your area so that you can grow in your knowledge of the Word of God and a church that's going to give you opportunities to serve God in a number of ways. And if you like 
when you send me that email, you can ask me for my phone number and I'll send it to you. And then you can pick up the phone and call me anytime you need someone to pray with you or just someone to talk to. Once again, that email address is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's warrenlandis at yahoo.com. And my snail mail address, those of you that would like that, my snail mail address is warrenlandis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's warrenlandis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. If you feel led of the Lord to enclose a dollar or two to help this ministry, I tell you that would be great. If not, well, <laughs> that's okay. I, I don't charge anybody for what I do in the ministry. And contrary to what people might think, I don't draw a salary for doing this podcast. I don't get paid for doing this podcast. I do it only for one reason, and that is because I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I want to serve him in any way and every way possible. Like I say, every day that I get to continue living is another day that I get to spend telling somebody somewhere about the good news of the gospel, the good news that we don't serve a dead God. We serve a risen Lord. Amen. Well, folks, uh, that brings us to the end of this broadcast. If if you've enjoyed this podcast today, I hope that you'll pass it on, share it with others, and tell others how they too can tune in to this broadcast called Sunshine USA. I'm Warren Landis, your Bible teacher, saying goodbye. God bless you, and guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.